Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. Actor, because you don't talk about those things on TikTok. You're just thoughtful, whatever, and it's entertaining. Until you made the It's Not My Name mashup video, I just sent it to them <laughs> because they're not on TikTok, so they don't know. And then we yeah. look at your IMDb and you've been literally in everything. I mean, I've been pushing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, oh, that dude, I've like, seen all those movies. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. As soon as I saw that TikTok, I was like, holy. I want to know how you got into the entertainment business how you became an actor and did you always want to be an actor oh definitely man i'm one of those kids that ever since i was probably like ever since i could talk i always wanted to be an actor ever since i was watching tv um i don't know i was always drawn to it you dig like whether we talking i, I want to say i started in the church and i think the church is the best place to breed artists because they won't boo you like, that's true <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah. a very forgiving audience that's the most forgiving audience. If you, if you they, they will just make your self-esteem feel the best, even when you're, you know, developing and sucking at the time. So yeah, that's <laughs> I, true. I, I would attribute like you know that, and just you know, growing up, I, like I grew up in the in the SNCC era, you know, where we have like Keenan and Kel, we have all that, we have Roundhouse. So it's almost like I'm seeing these kids basically acting, and you know, I'm I'm a little kid myself, so thinking, well, if they can do it, I can do it, you know. So <laughs> there you go. I, I just stuck, you know, I stuck with theater and I was in all these like camps and I was in all these theater camps growing up and I was like not knowing how to get in the game because our industry is like a mysterious one to a degree. Like you see people on TV, but then you wonder like, how how did they get from where I am watching them to on the screen, you know, and that and if you're not in Hollywood or something, that's his own thing to figure out. So. I went from um, basically high school plays and high school camps and such to college. And after college, I started doing theater in my area, like professional theater in my area in New Orleans. And it just became, uh, you know, you connect to this person, you connect to that person, connect to this person, you make the uh, the right, uh, I won't say connections, but you know, you make, I guess that's the right word. You make the right connections or whatnot. And then you find yourself um, with an agent because uh, without an agent, you're not going to get too far as an actor, you know, like you just not. So right. I, I was lucky enough to, it's a funny thing. I had a friend of mine that was already with the agency that I had been, been coming up in these theater, college theater competitions with. And he basically put a, put in a good word with, with his agency for me. And then they had a whole other person who I was in a play with. That's another thing too. It's like, that's what I always tell people, just keep going. Cause the people you meet, need to meet, you will meet. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the same time as my, that my buddy's putting in a good word with his agent, I'm in a play with another woman that's of that same agency who also put in a good word for me. And that got me an audition with that agency. And then like, well, I'm like 10, 11 years later and I have like three agents and a manager and I'm just pushing, you know? Wow. Nice. That's great. What was your first big part? The first thing, um, aside from like, you know, your your buddy's LaShaw La film or something, like the first professional, I guess, industry thing mm -hmm. was Amer American Horror Story Coven. Oh, oh that nice. was the first one. Nice. Uh, no, that was the, yeah. That's the season, season three, right? 
and I didn't book anything. And I thought I sucked for a second because, you know, the game, you just don't know. And and oftentimes they tell you, you be afraid of rejections, but you're not going to get a rejection. You're just not going to hear anything at all. So you're just right. oftentimes just stuck in limbo. And yeah, I booked that one. And that was just, and I wasn't even watching American Horror Story at the time. My girlfriend at the time was a huge fan, but I it, honestly, it's, it's, it's funny. Horror isn't my thing. Like not, that's not, that's not the, t- and I know it's blasphemous, <laughs> <to stick. laughs> but, but, um, and then I, I can make up for it. Cause I made a lot of my own horror movies, my own horror shorts, and I've been other things horror related, but typically it's not the first genre I go to when I need to like chill or when I want to, you know, kick back and smoke a blunt or whatever. Yeah. But um, booking that made me a fan of American Horror Story because I, I'm one of those people I wonder what's going on. So I wound up watching all of the American Horror Story up to that point to uh, get a feel of what I was getting into. But yeah, that was the first one. And Kathy Bates was freaking awesome. Nice, nice. That's a great first one. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought that would have been your first one. That's a great one, though. And, and I will always, I'm going to say Kathy Bates is awesome because like she made that first time just easy. Like she's she's technically probably the first, like I guess celebrity I've ever worked with and I ever met really, you know. And I remember being on set with her for the first time and she respected me like a peer. It was so cool. Like we the first time we started running lines, she looked at me and I guess she caught my vibe and she was like, "You've been trained, haven't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "We're gonna have some fun today." And from that <laughs> point, yeah, bro, she kept messing with me. It was just fun. There's this one point in the in the scene where um they ran into uh. Uh, a snag because sometimes what's written in the script just sometimes can't physically be shot it's like sometimes it's an impossible thing to shoot and i remember she was like man, i don't know how we're going to shoot this because i don't see how in this big behind dress i'm gonna uh be able to do this maneuver that you want me to do so i remember her and the director were talking and at a point she goes hey martin what do you think and i'm sitting there like wait you guys are asking me like <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know what i'm saying and that's my opinion because i I'm thinking, hey, I'm just here. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Right. That's got to be a huge encouragement, too, though, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Bro. Hell yeah. Now, I'm not going to say I, had a, I didn't answer. I didn't have an answer. They caught, my, caught me with my pants down. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they, it was just the fact that they were respecting me on that level. And this was my first ever gig booking. I, I just, you know, it always sat with me, you know? Yeah. 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 At that point, you were like, I'm on the right track. I'm sticking with this. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things of like, I know I'm going to agree. Yes, I was I, one of those things that just made me feel like I was better on the right track. But since I've been wanting to do this whole my whole life, it's like this. I've never had a plan B. Like every plan. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every plan B I have is in the industry. Because like, if I'm not an actor, I'm writing things. But that's just as hard. If right. I'm, I'm a pop like you guys, and y'all know that's just as hard. Um. Um, like I'm, I do a lot of other things, but all those other things I feel like are in the entertainment industry. So regardless, right. I was going to be going at this. So I, it's no choice. Like I could have been rejected for the next three years, and I still be like, hey, I'm here. I'm here to work. There you go. That's great, well, man. That's a good attitude to have, and it's and it's great to get that message out to people because so many people like they get discouraged after so many years of doing it, right? But it just shows, like exactly like you said, just it's meaning that re- working with that right person and it's the journey of it because a lot of people like and i often talk you know people often talk to me about the game i'm like bro are you famous or are you are you in it because you know this is what you want to do because if you're in it to be famous you're going to get discouraged mm-hmm. 
fast because like that fame stuff, that's that's hit or miss. That's a gene. That's a lightning in a bottle. You just never know when slash if that's going to happen for you. But if you're if you're happy with the the craft, the work, the the the, the industry, the not even just the industry, the art of it. You know what I'm saying? If you're passionate about acting or filmmaking or storytelling is what we really do, then you're going to be good because the longevity is the success. And you can tell the difference too, because it's like the people that are passionate about it. Those are the best stories you end up seeing, right? Mm -hmm. I proxy though, right? You know, because even if you think about some of your favorite actors uh, or some of the people that you have the most fun watching or what have you, if you're not talking about like the action stars, I mean like people that are like actor actors. Um, you you could tell like they fucking love it, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and, and you listen to their stories. Their journey is always this journey of sorts. It might be new to you when you first see them, and then you hear their story, and they've been in the game for like twelve years. You're like, whoa, shit. Right. And that's <laughs> always the story I want to hear. That's why I started the podcast. I want to hear how you got there because you're right. We'll when we first see you, we don't see the ten. 12, 15 years it took to get there. And that's what I always want to hear. I'm always interested in that story. And, you know, the first job and the favorite one and the least favorite. And then, you know, what's the dream? So what what was your favorite one? What was your favorite part? Um, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, theater aside, because a lot of my favorite parts honestly were on stage. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Because you get more... T- you get more time with the character because oftentimes we talk in TV and film. Um, you, you book the role, uh, and you 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 have maybe a couple weeks to get together, if that. Then you you don't have any previous time to rehearse aside from maybe ten minutes before you shoot. They be like, "Oh, we about to go to rehearsal. Rehearsal, okay, cool." And then you read it maybe once or twice with the with your, with your scene partner that you're meeting many times for the first time there, unless 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 it's like some. Unless you're the lead in some big acting or some big film or TV show, you might get a couple table reads. I've been in table reads before where you meet the people beforehand. But more often than not, <laughs> you will be meeting your scene partner for the first time on set. And now you're about to have this scene, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, with, yeah. and so often, I know a lot of actors don't even like to watch <laughs> their stuff back because after what you think of all these cool things you could have said or could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And on stage with with theater, you got like a month and a half many times to rehearse, to like work out all kind of kinks. So, and then you wind up doing the play like maybe six to 10 to maybe even 20 times, depending upon how big the play is. So you got so much time with that character to play and to do all these other things that it, it it's, it's yeah, it, there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as TV and film goes, uh, I don't have an absolute favorite. I know I had a lot of fun on Tales from the Hood too. Um, that was that was fun like that was uh and tales from the hood one is such a classic that i was i was excited like when i booked it and it wound up not part two wound up not being anything like part one but (laughs) but i was just so excited when i booked that one just to get to work with them because i was such a fan of tales from the hood one you know and the director he basically just like some directors will just let you fly and some have all these specifics that they want this director just basically let me fly he was like i just like what you're doing do you and if i have anything i want to add or to say i'm gonna let you know and so a lot of tales from the hood too was me just like balls to the wall i got to say what i want to say and sometimes you know so i got to just be now i'm gonna free. have to watch it again that's great yeah, <laughs> yeah 
yeah, it was, it was just a fun road. I, I was like, really like, I don't like, I hear, my grand, I hear my grandmother's voice in my head, stop saying like so much. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with an English teacher, man. So sometimes she just haunts me. But, <laughs> but um, that was that was a definite one. And you and we we got to do a lot with that one. Um, this most recent one with Samuel Jackson called Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. Oh, um, I want to see that. That looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. It's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. Dude, one. Samuel Jackson is going to win something for this role. Like I, even me not being in it, like some, I can, I can't front some things I get booked in and I'm not a fan of whatever the show is, but I'll just check it out. Cause I'm booked and some stuff I book and I'm like, yo, I'm a fan of this regardless if I'm in it or not, you know, yeah. yeah. the ladder like that when I'm watching that show, like I'm not on that show because it's just an interesting and unique story. And both Samuel Jackson and Dominique Fishback are killing it. And mm-hmm. it's not, like Samuel Jackson, he's such a legend that we have this idea in our head of like Samuel Jackson. It was it was beautiful to just watch him he, just show you know I got other layers to me. Like he's he's vulnerable, he's soft, he's sensitive in that, but he's also motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker too. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a great show. It's a great show, but I got that fun in that one because um many times, more often than not, I get cast in these characters of like I'm. I'm probably some edgy person. I'm probably like some gang leader or I'm probably some some some, some near duel that's done some fucked up stuff and a lot of things I either audition for or I, I want to play. Um, this one was got to be a guy. And so I just got to just be a cool guy. It wasn't I, I I'm not holding anyone for ransom. I'm not about to be beating <laughs> up. I'm just chilling. I'm just a supportive person. And that just was fun to just be, you know? Because right. Nice little uh, switch up. So that was definitely fun too. Um, and another one that I will say is fun. It wasn't even like the biggest of roles, but it's this show called Containment. Um, it came on the CW like some years back and it got another little bump around the time we got into COVID because it was on Netflix and it was basically about being cordoned off in quarantine. So that got it a little bump. But I was on four episodes of that, but I only spoke on one of the episodes. The episode I actually got killed on. But the fun in that, the fun in that came because for those first three episodes, um, because I didn't speak, I still had to be physically present in there. And, and, and it was just fun trying to tell this story without any lines because that was another situation of the director was like, you know, if, if, if like, you just do you. Like, you know what I mean? But you can't speak. So how do you portray that? How do you convey that? And that was just an acting, like, it was almost like an acting challenge for me. And I often think back on that when I'm like, you know what, that that was unique to have to do. <laughs> I mean, the beauty in that sometimes is, like, the best acting at times is the reacting or the listening. You know right. what I'm saying? And that that comes with it. And one last movie I'm going to throw out that was, and it was called Ninth Ward Justice, because uh, I was a lead in that film early in my early early when I first started and it's a funny thing about this game it got highs and lows and starts and stops and you'll think like I was a lead in this movie and I'm thinking oh this movie's gonna be the one that put me on and then eight years later I'm still trudging along so I'm saying like you can't chase anything you gotta just be um appreciative of what you get in the moment and just and work that out and rock that out and do the best you can in that right I can understand that. You should do more horror. We need more black people in horror. <laughs> we really do. Like normal black people, not just a person that gets killed in the first five minutes. And you're funny. We always need comic relief in horror. 
<laughs> I'll take it. I, I feel like that about us in genre films in general, but definitely horror. Like, I want to see more black sci-fi, more black superheroes. Oh, yeah. More, more black horror, like, just in general, where it's just, it, it, it's so blickety black. Even if we do get killed off, we still have more characters to be there. Cause there so you hard. go. <laughs> you know, so, hell yeah. Definitely, I'm with it all. And it was a funny thing, dude. Y'all, have you ever heard of the 48 Film Project? 48 Hour Film Project, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an awesome one. Yeah, so um, me, and, me and my team, I have a team called Gumball Monster 504. If you uh, look us up on YouTube, it's called Gumball Monster 504 on YouTube. And uh, more often than not, we pull, like, it's a competition for people listening. The 48 Hour Film Project is a competition that's all around the country where um, they come, like, where you have two days to make a film. They give you the, you pull a genre from a hat. They give you the, the a character that has to be in the, in the film. Uh, they give you a line of dialogue that has to be in the film. And they give you a prop that has to be in the film. But beyond that, you have two days to make basically a seven to eight minute film. And you just have to, you and your team just have to go. And I've, we've done it maybe 10 years, like 10 times. And at least five or five of the times we pulled horror. So that's why I was laughing. Like, even though I'm not... <laughs> super horror guy at this point i've got at least five or six short films that's all just what the name of your podcast represents <laughs> that's right <laughs> it sounds like you're not a big fan of horror but horror is a big fan of you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think because the thing is like i love telling stories and i think the thing with horror is horror is fun but i think what with 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 turns me off at times about horror is like I'm a guy that likes happy endings and <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Uh, yeah you don't usually find that in horror <laughs> right and I get attached to characters and that's and that's one reason why I, I started watching Game of Thrones later than most people I might have started like when it was on season four because people kept saying you know your favorite characters gonna get killed off in that show and I'm like no I fell in love with characters so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in horror man I'm thinking like oh shit I'm gonna I'm like the wrong person <laughs> But it could be like Candyman or something. Just keeps coming back. He dead. He been dead, but he keeps coming back. Now, one thing about Candyman that's hilarious to me, especially the most recent one, is he only kills white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because like, I, I kind of peeped it in the older ones. Because there's certain classic movies that you like. Jason, Halloween, um, Michael My, like Freddy Krueger, Chucky, Leprechaun, certain ones we all grew up with. So I couldn't, I know those, you know. Right. But and then if I start keep going, I know I've seen a lot of horror movies to be real with you. But like um when you get like when I get to Candyman, I didn't notice that until recently. The most recent movie, it seemed blatant that, whoa, y'all, y'all just killing like white people and police officers. Mm. <laughs> but that's part, that's like the story, because based on how he was killed. That makes sense. Hell yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if, if I was lynched and covered in honey and my 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 mom wrist cut off and beat that a feast on me and a bunch of people, I don't care if they white, Spanish, whatever, a bunch of people left. <laughs> I'm coming back you know, every if it was a bunch of people with mustaches, well, every motherfucker <laughs> getting killed. Like so, hell yeah. I fully get him. I fully get him. <laughs> Well, that's the beautiful thing about horror too though to, to that point is like i've always said is that in genre and especially in horror is that you can get away with so many like progressive ideas and and things that you don't see very often uh you can push those ideas more in that genre because it's more accepted 
and then you can just kind of get in the in the minds of of the people right so you want to see some shit like more more people of color like fucking being featured and killing white people or whatever but <laughs> you'll see that more in horror right and I'm not saying that as I'm pro seeing white people get killed. Yeah, no, no, I know, obviously. <laughs> but we always see white people get killed. Can we see some more people? Can we get some black serial killers or something in there? Yeah, for real. I mean, but oh, it's, real. it's very unfortunate that the, like we don't get that much representation as people of color in horror. And the, and the times that we do is become the end joke, the above the joke that we're going to get killed first or early. Mm. So right. when you watch a film where, like, you know, it's a, a black character is existing in a space and the majority of the white people getting killed, you're like, oh, okay, that's, okay, now you see what we be seeing where it's just this unfair thing. Can we just get this cornucopia of everybody just getting murked? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, whoa, the black people get it first and then the white girls get it and then it's just fuckery, so... Oh yeah. Yeah, just kill everybody equally, which there's exactly. really need to be racial lines here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just kill everybody equally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like unfortunately, just because of the, you know, this, there's been so many majority white-based films in general, at the at the moment, the the one of the ways in is more majority black films, more majority Hispanic mm-hmm. films. But like so, yeah. so it's almost but the zeitgeist can almost uh, balance it out a bit. It's almost like leaning so far one way that at this point you kind of need a, a, a flooding of these other uh, backgrounds and cultures having shown the different layers of their storytelling because too often we box, like, you know, for, for forever in America, we would have, uh, if, it's an, if it's Asian storytelling, it must be martial arts, as if Asian mm-hmm. people have more to tell than just martial arts. Right. If it's Black telling it's going to be some gangster film. that's all he knows the hood as if we don't like superheroes and magic and shit you know what i mean right. it's one of those things that they they would just throw you in these in these boxes if you're a minority and we need to like i'm glad that the floodgates are not open and we have the jordan peels and we have the crazy rich Asian. and what's what's this movie that just came out that to catch about the multiverse everything and, everywhere all at once that yeah one, that's that, the one yeah that, that's it yeah get into the quote-unquote foreign films like different just even with different cultures have different stories to tell and have different ways to tell them and within you know the american zeitgeist of storytelling in hollywood and such you know i mean the the white male perspective has been the main has become the default but that doesn't have to be that way you know and that's why i you know that's why i'm glad that we have this influx of these other cultures and other like when you because like you say you say anything asian when, many times when I'm in my foreign film like mood and I'm like, I'm going to watch some other shit. They are, they, their way of telling a story is just so different. Like it's, it's like what you were saying earlier of like, I can't wait till we get to a point where everybody's stuff is default or everyone's stuff is understood to be acceptable forms of storytelling. But you don't get there until you expose the masses to these other voices and perspectives. And, you know? and as much as I love horror, I think like the quickest way is going to be through the blockbusters so shit like marvel movies and like like how massive black panther was when it came out now right. you show the world and show all the investors most importantly holy fuck these make the most amount of money like let's start making more of these films right and it's been happening i mean because even if, if you look at what disney's doing in general like Encanto was a huge joint um yeah was yeah was the one was the one about the dead the hispanic one with the dead um coco coco 
another huge one. I feel like Disney is making it a point to expose these cultures to mm. the you know widest view possible. I get I got a lot of respect for that. I wish more. Well, I, we also want to see more companies um delve into that. Now, some of it seems like they're doing it just because it's cool now. Uh, some people call it pandering, but I'm at a point where I don't give a fuck what your reasoning is. The fact that it's getting done, it needs to get done. You know. Hey. Exactly. And let's not play like money doesn't have something to do with that. They have to guarantee that it's going to make money. That's just all there is to it. We live in capitalism. But like until you make it, you're not going to find out. Nobody's going to guarantee. Yes, this will this this idea of yours is going to make a lot of money. You actually have to make it so people can prove it to you. Look at Lovecraft Country, man. That was a crazy like that was an amazing show. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And and you know that was you know mostly black clad cast. It was it was um, fantastical. I felt like every episode they tried a different genre. That was in, that was insane. So I, I'm just happy to see more filmmakers getting the chance to experiment and to try new things. Because as much as we've been we can gripe about what's we have all these reboots and all these reboots in the midst of a lot of these reboots and comic films. And I'm a huge fan of comic films. There are a lot of original an original material coming from new voices that's get that's really exciting to see yeah it's true i'm sorry i'm still scrolling through your <laughs> filmography <laughs> who is your favorite person to work with favorite person you're gonna make me go start scrolling because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing like sometimes like somebody might say oh you're an actor what have you been in and for whatever reason when someone asks me that question my mind just goes blank like and I, I, you can see all those credits, and I just forget. I'm like, I was in up, I don't know. <laughs> and I pull it up. But um, one person that stands out, um, like recency bias makes me want to say Samuel L. Jackson. But Samuel L. Jackson, he was really cool, and I learned a lot from him. And he and he had all kind of gems. And I and I was just taken aback by the fact of like, I like Samuel L. Jackson. He was a person where what you see is what you get. It is no, it's no no fakeness there's no there's nothing he puts on like he treats everybody basically the same and he he's him you know what i'm saying and 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 like i said this before i think it's like watching an absolutely free person or absolutely free black man because he's very self-assured he's very secure you know what i mean he could go on a bit like he takes vacations like like he'll take three months off just to go on vacations to clear his mind and then come back and do the thing that he's always loved and he's one of those people that's been doing this since his 20s and this man is like 70s 60s you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. like just just seeing what i would hope to be a version of myself like 30 40 years from now was just just amazing to witness you know what i'm saying aside from the fact that you know he's a legend so any scene you're in with him is going to be easy and you're going to want to be on your P's and Q's to a degree, too, because you're like, stuck <laughs> around Samuel Jackson, man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, so that, I mean, like, that's always going to be a, a standout. Um, just, I'm on a show called Killing It, and Craig Robinson, um, I worked with Craig Robinson and this comedian, Rel Battle, and Rel Battle plays his brother on the show, and that guy was so freaking hilarious. Um, like, Certain certain actors just bring this energy to sets. Anthony Mackie's another one that, like, when he's on set, both like they, he brings this energy. Like Anthony Mackie's a person that probably knew everybody's name on set, and he was always light and cracking jokes. He was on this on this movie they like called Synchronic, and you know he was just like real cool people. And we both from New Orleans, so you know we had that connection going too. But 
Um, yeah, Anthony Mackie, Samuel Jackson, Rel Battle, and Craig Robinson. And a, and a very lesser known, known act, his name is, uh, is the name Mike, Michael Jenkins, but he spelled it like Michael Jenkins. And we was on the show I was talking about earlier called Containment, where um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have uh, many lines. In the, I didn't have many lines in the first few episodes until the last. But one thing I loved about working with him was he was a, he's an actor that's been in the game maybe 10, 12 years longer than me. And he was just open to just giving you just tips and game, you know what I'm saying? And just like nuggets. Like when we weren't shooting, he was always like, if you had a question or sometimes he'd just, you know, just, just drop one on you. Like, you know, like, like, like with directors, a lot of times directors think they know what they want, but as an actor, you're not a puppet. So try some shit, you know what I'm saying? And the worst they're going to do is tell you don't do it again. But <laughs> what, it happened, what happened is you'll try some shit that either A, like it, and then they'll let you try more shit or you can just keep trying stuff or B, they might tell you not to do it, but then they go back and watch it later and realize, oh, this is pretty cool. And then they wind up using it. You know what I'm right. saying? So like he, he, he like, it was just really cool to have, even though probably only worked for a couple of weeks, but it was like a mentor situation. Cause in this game, oftentimes you just go into the deep end. Like you, no one, even when you get an agent, no one really teaches you the game. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I didn't come from a film school. Like I went to um, this HBCU called Dillard University in New Orleans. And I was a mass comm major and a theater minor. And um, at the time, like I was a mass comm major because at the time I'm thinking, well, you know what? If I were to have a plan B, maybe I should get into like uh, like radio, which is not a plan B. Cause it's again, just as hard as getting into any of this stuff. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, like I, I and, and at the time I was I was arrogant. I was like, well, I can already act, so I'm not gonna make theater my major. I'm gonna make it my minor. But then I wound up it wound up becoming a double major because I'm so into it. I wound up taking nothing but theater elective. So it's like stupid. I should have just made it my major anyway. <laughs> but but if, oh, that was, I, I didn't go to film school. And and when you go to um college, oftentimes you learn theater. You learn everything about theater. So you get really confident in acting, but you still aren't taught the industry and how things go and how things work and what are certain protocols, which is why I tell a lot of like young actors coming to the game, like go get some experience, whether you go um, to like a college set, because that's another thing too. A lot of colleges, their film programs look, man, their film master's programs, some of their film sets look like professional sets. And I'm saying like a lot of times they're looking for actors. If you try to get a foot in the game or try to get some footage, Go try to be in a college film, a college or master's program film, and then you can get a fig a feel for how a set goes, or go be an extra. Being an extra isn't gonna get you in the game. A lot of people have that cross, thinking if they'll be an extra, like in the olden times of Hollywood, you might get discovered. No, these days being an extra is basically a paycheck, but it's also a way for you to see how how a set works. You know what I'm saying? Because like you're not taught a lot of those things in theater. You're taught how to do theater, how to you know be in plays and such. So being in that joint with Michael Jenkins on containment and him just giving me these nuggets that like some of it I kind of already knew but was afraid to try and some of it I didn't know was just, it gave me a lot more confidence even going forward. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't ever substitute that. Now that was learning, that was, you know what I mean? Because some actors are fun to work with just because, you know, like, you know, we're acting, but not, you know, when you get that person that can really help you develop and grow, you don't forget that. Right. Is there anything that you would never do as far as a character? I would never do a character that I felt 
was disrespectful to key things that I stand on. Okay. And I'm not saying, like, for instance, like, I'm not, I'm not pro-murder. I'm not saying I wouldn't play a murderer. I don't mean nothing like that because even if you play, like, the worst of quote-unquote a character, if, if it serves the story that that character gets to just do and, and the story is about, you know, about what I'm with, then cool. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm not about to, like, I, I wouldn't play a character that was homophobic just for just to get some writer or director's rocks off as they crack jokes on the on the gay community. And there's no, there's nothing but just this person being evil and fucked up, for instance. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not gonna play a character that I feel like as a black person is a disrespect to black people and and you know what I want to represent as myself, unless you know, once again, unless something in the story pays off. You know, it pays off the the reasoning of such. You know, context always matters. But right. I, I, I like I I couldn't tell you all right. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that specifically. But if, if you get what I'm saying, like if I would know. You know what I mean? Like I would read right. the script. Like no, I'm not about like like Denzel Washington. He has this. He has this story that he told. You can you can find us on YouTube. This 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 role that he chose down. And he um he funnily calls it the the N word you couldn't kill. The inner you couldn't kill. And it was the script that was presented to him where. All throughout the movie, these white dudes couldn't kill this black guy, and were and the funny and the I guess the punchline was supposedly um, all the different ways they were trying to kill him, the black guy. And Denzel, like, I'm not about to just be in a movie about how a white dude could just kill me over and over. Like, what the fuck? You like, you know what I'm saying? And right. He, he turned that down, and you know, then he got glory, and I was just like, uh, then his career took the fuck off. So it's like one of those things of that, like, you're not gonna catch me playing a character in a film that is just just embarrassing or just um disrespectful for just absolutely no reason whatsoever i couldn't do it it's similar to i guess the not the last but the previous question to the last one do you do you have a is there a, is there an actor or director that is like your dream to work with um as far as actors go um i want to work with uh viola davis uh uh don Cheadle. Will oh, yeah. Smith, Will Smith. Of course, you're gonna say Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, I love Brad Pitt. Um, Gary Oldman. Oh yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Giancarlo Esposito is fucking amazing. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Mm -hmm. I did get a scene with him, but Brian Cranston. I was on the show called Your Honor, and. Um, I got to meet him in a table read, and he was like one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Like Brian Cranston was cool as hell. Um, um, Angela Bassett. <laughs> uh, there's just there's, I could go forever, bro. There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> I, I just start listing off a, a, a wish list because whoa. And the thing is, and I have worked with some people that I um that I'm I'm, I'm love like the chance to work with, like Samuel Jackson, like that Dominique Fishback. Um, and and funny enough. I often tell people this, bro, like sometimes people ask me, do I get starstruck? And I'm like, man, the people that I would get starstruck on would be people that you wouldn't expect me to get starstruck on. For instance, um, I worked on this show called uh, The Oath. And it was this show that was on Song Crackle. It was no, not many people seen it. But um, this actor uh, from Dexter was in it. Uh, surprise, motherfucker. He played Dokes. 
Yes. <laughs> and, and I ain't go front, bro. When I saw him, I just got elated. <laughs> like I was seeing, like, you know what this hell is about? Like, yo, it's dope. <laughs> loving that character so much and so sometimes just me because i'm a fan i love tv i love film so for me sometimes it's not even always the most famous person you just might be somebody i just really like mm-hmm. and I, when if i ever get to meet you another character oh man i can't think of this actor's name man. will catlett is his name will catlett he just he was he's a very good actor he recently he was on Black Lightning as like this this dude that just couldn't be killed. Like he just kept coming back. But just something about that guy's presence, I just fuck with. He ain't the most famous person, but like I just think Will Catlin's amazing. So directors, um, Spike Lee, David Fincher is freaking crazy. Um, Christopher Nolan, just because like I love I love like his ascent. Like a majority of Christopher Nolan, like Memento, like um. Um, like of course the whole Dark Knight trilogy, like Prestige is one of the most mm. my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I love his ascent, and then somewhere I think after Inception he kind of lost me. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I still have a lot of respect for Christopher Nolan. Um, Jordan Peele, bro, like so he just seems like I, I just look at Jordan Peele as somebody that who would have fucking thought? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, <laughs> like. Whoa, he's somebody who showed you you can really, and Donald Glover has a bit of this too, that really shows you that you can really, multifaceted is just, you, you he went from being Key and Peele, the funny guy, to one of the most prolific direct, horror directors in yeah. that. So I'm saying. That is why, you know, that's just a few that come to mind. That would be amazing if you ended up in a Jordan Peele horror, because that's exactly what I was thinking when I thought <laughs> that you should be in more horror. Yeah, I would love because he brings the commentary, the social commentary with the horror, and I, and that's a lot of times the best when you when you can like you were saying that earlier, like when you can balance um, the commentary with with the with the genre, and it doesn't feel like you like beating me over the head with a message, but I still understand what the where, where you're going. You know what you're saying, you're doing that. So hell yeah, is all your work in New Orleans? It seems like a lot of your shows and movies or set in new orleans new orleans in atlanta mainly i may have done one thing in la so far i just got an la manager so we got la manager and through that i've been auditioning for a lot of la things so hopefully okay. move forward we can get more on that west coast but majority because that's the thing too um over the past 10 years especially atlanta New Orleans and Atlanta have become the, well, Louisiana and Georgia have become these powerhouses for filming, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, when I first started, when I first started, maybe like 2012, 2013, but this is more like 2010, 2011, um, New Orleans was was being groomed to be like Hollywood South. We had this thing where we had no cap on the tax credits that would be given. So movies were flooding here because like LA and New York had, had set caps on the tax credits that you would get if you make a film there. Whereas if you come to New Orleans, you, you could come to New Orleans and just write the shit off and you just made a movie that 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 was that that was beautiful for your budget. You know what I'm saying? So like Louisiana in particular, it was like this New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Shreveport trifecta that like Hollywood was coming here in droves and just shooting so much stuff between 2010 and I want to say 2014, 2015, specifically in Louisiana. Then our governor 
at the time, uh, Bobby Jindal, he was he thought he would have, be able to do a presidential run. But in order to do that, he wanted to make sure like his uh, government, certain things were in order and made him look, I guess, the most conservative as possible. So he put a cap on um, he, he did. He, he messed up and did that. He put a cap on the tax credits that the movies could get. And it's so funny because before we did the no cap thing, North Carolina, funny enough, I forget this part. North Carolina was getting groomed to be like a, another Hollywood type spot, but their governor did a similar thing, put put the cap on them and then that moved to New Orleans. And then our governor stupidly did the same thing, put the cap. So that kind of took us out the game for a second. And that's when Georgia took over and Georgia, they're bigger, you know what I mean? So they did the no cap thing. And now like they've increased, they've made up to billions of dollars in mm -hmm. industry just off of the film industry, you know, like Marvel in particular, all their films are made in Atlanta. Like they'll go film in other spots, but their hub is through Atlanta right now. It's been that way for the past past few years as well. So like then New Orleans, we got a new governor and we've been trudging along. So right now, if you're not working in LA or New York, you're most likely working in Atlanta, New Orleans or Canada to be truthful. Yeah, it makes sense. And unfortunately, Texas, cause I'm in Texas. Walking Dead's in Texas, right? That was in Georgia. Oh, that's in Georgia. You have mm -hmm. you have a big franchise in Texas. And I can't think of which one it is. There have been a few. Let me <laughs> true that. Yeah, true that. The whole industry is just it's just interesting. I hope they do some more horror though. <laughs> Definitely. This is the number one place for macabre cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out until the next one.